Oh yeah. And that was a big part of the reason that I wanted to jump into the whole traveling full time thing because traveling is so good for my mental illness. I touched on this earlier. Um, you know, being able to escape reality sometimes is such a good feeling. And it's so good for my mental health to be able to wake up in a new location, you know, whenever I want. I want to wake up in the mountains or I want to wake up mm. in the beach or on a pond or in the woods. Wherever I want to wake up, I have the capability of waking up and looking out on this beautiful world that we live in. Every Monday, I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you, designed to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by Tyler Wachowski, an avid traveller, full-time RVer, author, content creator, blogger, podcaster, and a marketing and communications expert. Tyler is a creative force, having released his own novels such as Not Alone, The Seeds of Love, Sunflower Kisses Book One, and a poetry collection, Coffee, Alcohol and Heartbreak. Three interesting bits there. Tyler has also a blog called Adventure with Coffee. We're going to talk about that today that he runs with his partner, Grace. He also co-hosts the Cook the Books podcast and runs his own publishing company, Tea with Coffee, interestingly. We will touch on some of those today and obviously some travel stories and anecdotes. Tyler, welcome to the show. How are you doing? James, I'm great. Glad to be here. Excited to uh, dive into the conversation and, uh, you know, just enjoy a cup of coffee with you. I tell you what, dude, I've never really researched someone who's got so many keywords for me in your stuff. Tea. <laughs> coffee travel adventure i'm like where the hell do i start cook i love cooking uh books i'm like oh you got all the right words i'm loving it right buzzwords gotta <laughs> throw them in there jack of all trades master of none yeah that's me tell me about it so where are you right now in the world i am in a uh, little place called lake waccamaw north carolina it is um about an hour from the southeastern coast of north carolina um we've been here probably about four months now um, but we're getting ready to take off across the United States here in a couple months. Are you near a place called Norfolk, Virginia? Uh, we're probably about four or five hours from there. Okay, quite far. That's where I'm in UK right now, in Norfolk. So the, the city's called Norwich and the, the county's called Norfolk, but I think obviously there's a, a right. correlation there, I'd imagine, back in the past. Yes, yes, very, very much. A lot of our, uh, a lot of our history comes from from that side of the pond. Yes, indeed it does. And also for your trip across the, we're going to get to more details, but I'm keen to know straight away because I'm really keen, across the United States, what's your plan? So we uh, initially, we were going to go through South Carolina, Georgia, um, Alabama, Louisiana, and then up to Mississippi. But our dog, Belle, um, who is one of our travel companions for the Adventure with Coffee blog, she tore her second ACL this uh, year so she has to get surgery now so that delayed our trip so we're going to skip uh, all the southern states go straight to Mississippi um, and then go through Oklahoma and into Colorado for a month in March to spend my birthday in Colorado with some of my friends um, and just hang out in a different environment because I'm from the beach and you know okay. Colorado is mountains 
So yeah. it's I, I'm a big mountain person, and I feel like that's how it is with everybody who's from the beach. They love the mountains, and everybody who's from the mountains loves the beach. So it's just it's a paradox. <laughs> They're both great. You can't argue either, really. Colorado, in my mind, instantly think the Rockies, basically. Yes, exactly. Uh, looks a great state. Unfortunately, never been, but everyone from the states tells me you've got to go there. So it's on my list. Yeah, I'll be sure to let you know how it is whenever we go in March. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, I'd like to start with the backstory to my travelers on my podcast to see where maybe travel come into their life. Uh, so where did you initially grow up? And also, was there any early memories of travel within your family history or even you as kids going to school? Like, was anything that kind of got the wanderlust going? Yeah, so I am originally from a place called Leland, North Carolina. Um, it's about 15 minutes from the beach, uh, again, southeastern coast of North Carolina. Um, been I lived there my entire life. My family's been there for hundreds of years. Um, you know, it's very long family history there. Uh, we used to, whenever I was younger, we used to travel up to the mountains of North Carolina and Tennessee and Virginia a lot. I think that's where my love for the mountains came into mm. play. Um, you know, just being able to escape reality. My childhood wasn't exactly the best. Um, I had, you know, great mom and grandparents and, you know, was really taken care of, but had some trauma that, you know, really held me back. And being able to get away from the the world that was so reminiscent of these bad things that were happening to me was such a great experience. Um, and whenever my wife and I got together back in 2015, we actually started traveling, you know, once a year, we would go to a different state for our anniversary, our dating anniversary, and later our wedding anniversary after we got married in 2020. And we just kind of fell in love with traveling together. It was just such a good, whimsical experience being able to escape the everyday mundane life, um, you know, just the waking up to the same place every single day. Honestly, dude, I hear that so much. <laughs> the, uh, it's a, it's a tough one, like, because a lot of people really struggle with that. And I'm the same. Like, I really struggle with the staying in one place, even one job, the same actual little place and a big place like you just see that day in day out it is a struggle and i'm forever trying to work out what the best route to go down is but yeah you're, you're totally right you just need that little bit of a escape yeah which is quite a harsh word because people would say oh you're escaping like it sounds quite grand doesn't it quite um extreme i think yeah and you know that's that's the thing it, maybe it is a little extreme but that's how i like to live my life and mm. and being able to do those things you know we lost my brother-in-law uh, back in 2020 a couple months after my wedding and um it was something that was very hard for both me and my wife to come through because he lived his life to such this new level of enjoyment he just mm. wanted to ex explore life and have fun and after he passed i was like you know what i was working corporate jobs and was stuck in this nine to five cycle every day you know working 40 hours a week trying to just make ends meet and i got tired of that and i was like i'm gonna do my own thing and that's when um i started doing some remote work and that's when the whole idea of traveling came about we kind of wanted to just explore this world and be able to escape everything that was holding us back because it was such a um something that held us back you know you're it's it's escaping something that is bad for you in a sense, you know, not necessarily where we were at, but just that position in our life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are in that position. Uh, 
20 years into a career they probably have a mortgage and yeah I talk about this a lot you know lots of responsibilities and probably feel like there's no way out I, I find it amazing that people can stick out a career or a job like a corporate job like you said for 10 20 30 years just because they got paid a mortgage it's amazing to get through the day because I, I think most of them don't even like the job or even not in really interested in it or yeah. even if they do like it they're kind of tied with the got to be there at 9 a.m got to finish at 5 p.m same location do what your boss tells you you know that sort of thing it's a real hardcore lifestyle but I think everyone just accepts it even though deep down yeah. they probably would like to change it yeah and that's when that's where the people like you and I come in where where we break the norm break mm. the mold and show people that you know you you can do this it, it's it takes a little bit of effort takes a little bit of dedication yeah. a little bit of planning but you know at the end of the day anybody can really do it if, if they've if they've got a house you know it's owning an rv and traveling full-time is like owning a house i mean you still have your unexpected expenses you still have mm. you know your car payments and your quote-unquote mortgage payment and <laughs> but you know it's it's a lot cheaper lifestyle it's a lot simpler you're forced to get rid of a lot of things mm -hmm. um and cut down on the junk that you own and that makes you more of a minimalist which in the long run makes it easier to save money because you really can't buy as much junk just to junk up stuff because number one, your RV has a weight limit, but number two, yeah. you've got to be able to move around in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Ours, ours was so small. We, I think we done it for four months this summer and we learned a lot of lessons, I think. But minimalist stuff, I'm not too bad with, but I think a lot of people struggle with maybe how big is your rig? You know, like you say, can you keep moving? I love being on the road. I think it's great and having the option not to stay in one place. But I get that is not for most people or a lot of people. A lot of people would, you know, have their sedentary apartment or condo, right? Yeah. Um, which is good as well. I'm not saying it's bad, but like it does come at a cost with you've got to pay for it, like you said, the mortgage yeah. and the interest rates go up and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a pretty dire situation sometimes, especially right now. It seems like people are struggling. Yeah, and I think there's a big wave, um, especially in the United States. I'm not sure about European countries, but I know in the United States. There's a big wave of people, you know, selling their house and moving into RVs full time mm -hmm. and traveling across the country or be, even being stationary in an RV full time um, just because it is a simpler lifestyle. And there is, you know, with so much remote work capabilities now, it's easier to jump into this lifestyle. And it's a really big movement we've met. We're probably some of the youngest uh, people that we've met mm -hmm. in this lifestyle, but there's definitely a, a bigger movement of younger people coming in. Um, we're a part of a lot of different like Facebook groups and social media things. And we, you know, we see all these young couples that are doing the same thing that we did and got tired of the nine to five grind corporate living and decided to sell their house and move into an RV and travel full time. And, you know, I, I think it's great, but it's like you said, it's not for everybody and that's okay. You know, yeah. if, if we were all doing the same thing, wouldn't that just be a boring life? Because then it, <laughs> nobody would be having any kind of adventure with coffee. <laughs> absolutely and also with your corporate job how long do you think it was between you maybe thinking oh, I need to get out of this to actually doing it what do you reckon that time frame was um let's see it was about two years um uh, it took me about two years to try to really get out of there um but the idea came one day it, like I said after my brother-in-law passed away mm. and I was like this is not the life for me anymore um, and I realized that I wanted to get out and started trying to look for the changes to make. But, you know, that time 
remote work was relatively new and it wasn't exactly accepted by a lot of corporations and a lot of companies. So um, eventually I went out and did my own thing, started my own companies. And that's that's whenever I found my happiness because I was working for myself. Yeah, I do think it's a dream. I think if you can really work on your own terms uh, and your own boss, uh, and there's no location dependency stuff. You can go anywhere and do it. I think that I can't see any other way of living that's better than that. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thought about everything. And I can't think of a way that's better than you can decide where you're going to be at any point of the year. And as long as you've got internet, you can work. I think, well, what else do you need? What were you doing in your corporate job out of interest? I was in uh, marketing communications for local government. Um, I did a... Did that for almost 10 years, um, and it was – I actually faced a lot of burnout from it because mm-hmm. especially with you know the way that the 9-to-5 grind and hustle culture is working now, it's you work yourself till you're burnout. You, know, yeah. you work yourself to, to the bones, and that's what I was doing. I thought that was normal. I thought that's what I was supposed to do, and mm-hmm. you know that burnout that I faced from it, it really caused me to – it took a while for me to recover from that. It was very hard because it was so much pressure and i was young whenever i first took the job you know it was a very high paying job very um prestigious job in our rural county in north carolina and um you know i I took it at i think i was 22 23 years old Mm -hmm. and you know it was a big lifestyle change because i was now front and center in the eyes of the entire public um, because I was the spokesperson for this public local government. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I started winning awards and recognitions and it kind of went to my head because I was like, oh, wow, I'm doing all this great stuff. And I was like, I got to do more. And that's when I realized, like, no matter how many achievements, no matter how many awards, no matter how many goals I achieve, at the end of the day, all I was doing was setting a new one for myself to achieve and pushing yeah. myself harder and further And it was burning me out because I wasn't taking the time to enjoy my life, to enjoy my family, to enjoy the things I enjoyed doing. I was working. I was living for somebody else. Yeah, it's a time aspect that I can't get over. But yeah, forget the money for a bit. And yeah, the stuff you got materialistically like you have, it's just a time you put in. You don't get that back. I think maybe 20s, you can take these risks and and go for it. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize until the late 30s, maybe that they've kind of wasted a little bit at least you've now figured it out and yeah I got burnout as well that's why I left last year like I think a year ago now but uh it's just the time you put into a full-time job that's not just the hours specified on the job description it's the yeah going home thinking about it all Sunday you maybe think about the next day so that kind of rules that day out and that kind of gives you like a day a week it's just it's just not enough is it to live your life no 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 it's not and you know because like you said you know you get Saturdays and Sundays off but really sundays are spent for getting prepared for monday yeah you you know friday you're so burnt out by the end of the day that you don't want to do anything and saturday you just want to sleep all day so (laughs) where does it where does it leave time for you to have fun and do the things that you truly enjoy doing it's in the time off that you get is it two or three weeks a year if that if you're lucky yeah 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 i know yeah that's it and then even some of those weeks you want to recover and just sleep a little bit right. yeah it's, yeah i don't know how we got ourselves in the situation you've got to use them for holidays or birthdays or emergency situations yeah, sick yeah. Leave. you know there's yeah. so many you know they they 
yeah, it sounds nice. Like, oh, yeah, I get two or three weeks off a, a year. But then you look at it and it's like, OK, well, what if I'm sick for a week? Then I only get a week off a year. And then mm. what if I've got a family emergency or a death in the family? And, you know, it's just it's it's a sad thing. But and a lot of employers nowadays just don't seem to care about their yeah. employees like that. And that's what I'm trying to do with my companies is make a a. You know, I hear so many employers nowadays say, oh, we're like a family. And, you know, like, are you really or are you just saying that so that I come and join? You know, yeah. with my company, I, I really do treat my staff like family. I check on them, you know, at every couple of days and just say, hey, how are you doing? You know, or not even with work. You know, how are things going? You doing OK? Do you need anything? I mean, there have been times where my staff hasn't been able to afford to buy food and I've door dashed them food. Um, mm -hmm. just so that they had food on the table that night, um, you know, and being able to, that's, that's what being a family is, is yeah. taking care of one another, even when you don't have to. Hey, yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5 or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with T public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. I wouldn't trust any, especially private sector jobs telling you that they're a family because ultimately they're there to, to make money essentially yeah you might get the yeah. odd few a family owned maybe and do have those ethics and stuff but uh, i wouldn't trust anyone who said that i don't think yeah yeah it's it's hard to trust nowadays because it's so it's such a a uh, watered down term because everybody uses it and nobody means it yeah absolutely and when you're in your job these companies got now so venture with coffee the witowski company where you starting to maybe start those early whilst in that job to make sure that when you leave your corporate job, the transition is not too harsh and maybe not as much pressure. Or did you just go one day? No, that's it. I'm doing it. and I'm going to make the jump. Like, how did you transition? So with the Witkowski company, I've kind of been doing that on and off um, for probably about four or five years now. Okay. Um, but it was more pro bono work. Um, I was doing it for nonprofits and not for money. It was just more um, me giving back to the community and, and helping out these nonprofits that were close to my heart. And so once I actually started my LLC back in 2022 and started Tea with Coffee Media, um, it with the Witkowski company became more of a reality for me. And those two kind of propelled me to being able to leave that position and live comfortably you know unfortunately um leaving the position was not on my terms uh i was let go of for refusing to do some things that were i considered unethical and no. some people would even consider illegal um huh. but wow. you know so i i was let go of for that so luckily i did have and it was it was really a blessing in disguise yeah um you know whenever it first happened i was devastated i was like i don't know because i had taken out a lot of money to go into debt for these businesses to start get these businesses off the ground i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna make these payments don't know how i'm gonna pay make the payment on my mortgage 
um, you know, it, it was really a struggle for a couple of months and, you know, finally got my feet on the ground. But now here I am, you know, if I would have still been in that position, I never would have been able to travel the United States like yeah. I'm like I'm getting ready to do and never have been able to move into an RV and work remotely and, and live a happy life because I'm, I'm 10 times happier today than I was two years ago whenever I was working at that job. Yeah, I think sometimes that situation just pushes you into it. Maybe if you just carry on as normal, it might take another year. Yeah, sometimes they can be blessed in disguise, even at the time if they're a little bit uh, controversial or even upset you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell Alyssa, before we get get into Adventure of Coffee, what is the Wachowski Company? What do you actually do? So Wachowski Company is a uh, digital marketing and PR company specializing in nonprofits. Um, currently, we have a couple of um, contracts with other um, marketing agencies where we work with higher ed and other nonprofits like that. So I really have always had a passion for nonprofits. Whenever I was working my corporate job, my government job, I served on four or five different boards of directors for several nonprofits. Mm. Um, currently now I do a lot of work for uh, Write Hive, which is a writing nonprofit. They do a lot of giving back to writers, free resources, free conferences, auctions, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was really the passion behind that, because I wanted to be able to give marketing and communication services and PR services to these nonprofits at a price that was affordable for them. Um, I'm not out here to make a killing. I'm not out here to, you know, make a million dollars off of this company. I'm out here to pay my bills and have a little bit of drinking money um, for a nice craft beer or craft <laughs> coffee. You know, yeah. just being able to have fun on the weekends and do the things that I enjoy. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I don't want to be rich because you can't take it with you at the end of the day. If if something happens yeah. to me tomorrow, I want to be able to say I, you know, if I'm standing at the pearly gates of heaven, I want to be able to say, you know what? I live my life to the fullest and I'm happy with the way it turned out. And uh, if I can't say that whenever if I'm on my deathbed or if I pass away, if I can't say that, then I haven't lived a life worth living. Yeah, that's a great point. I think people get a bit confused about going full-time self-employed or having your own company. I think people think you want to earn millions. It's not. I know in my mind how much I just need to earn or even want. Yeah. They're both wants and needs, really. It's not like millions. It's just enough to, like you say, pay the bills, have a bit left over for travel and probably a bit invested in the company. And that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's nothing like extreme, like millions and millions of dollars. I think people get drawn into that with social media. I think you see all these clips about here's how you can make million dollars in a day and all this crap that comes up. Uh, yeah. I, I think they get kind of taken down the wrong path a little bit, really, without the realism there. Um, can you tell the listeners also Tea with Coffee? It's an interesting name that uh, because obviously you'd never have tea with coffee, would you? Unless you mean food with tea. Um, but yeah, tell us what you do with that company. So Tea with Coffee Media is a indie publishing company. We publish um, indie authors, authors who are very small, mainly debut authors. Um, we started because I am a writer and yeah. the rest of my team is a writer. And what we realized was that there was a lot of talented writers out there who were not getting the attention that they deserved mm. because they didn't have the social media following or because they didn't have the money that it was that was required to get their book published and we wanted to make that difference so we came in and said we're going to take care of you know we put out our submission process and people submit their books to us 
we go through them and if we accept them and bring them on for a publishing contract, we pay for a hundred percent of the cost. They don't pay a dime. They get a um, 65, 35 split with 65% oh, wow. of royalties going to them. Nice. Um, yeah. And we also offer our services to uh, authors who decide to go the self-published route. So we have editing and formatting and book cover design and book marketing services that are available at a very affordable price. Again, we're not here to you know make a ton of money. We're here mm. to be able to pay our staff and make enough money to keep the company running. And that's ultimately our end goal. Um, the name Tea with Coffee is actually a play on my name. Um, tea for Tyler and then yeah. with coffee sounds like uh, Witkowski. Yeah. yeah, yeah, got it. So, got it. Um, <laughs> that that was where that one came from. Um, like and so it, it was just, I, I had that nickname since high school, I think. And yeah. it just kind of stuck. And I, whenever I started coming up with the idea for this company, I was like, Ooh, this would be a fun name. It would catch people's attention. It would get them to ask questions about what started the name. And, you know, every podcast I've gone on, everybody's asked, what is the meaning behind the name? So yeah. it's working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why you're an expert, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. in like communications and marketing stuff it's quite daunting writing a book the easy part is writing it i think the hard bit is that how what the hell do you do afterwards yeah you could probably pitch to like big companies but probably get ignored um but it's great that you you're helping like self-publishers or even someone like me who would be like oh, I, I know a few publishers but i don't know that area that well and you can help right. with that so that's great you said you were a writer has it always been a thing from high school or is it a late bloomer like where does the creative writing come into it so my grandmother was a English high school teacher, um, and later she was my elementary school principal. So I spent a lot of time with her in the school system. Um, you know, back then in the 90s, you didn't have tablets and cell phones mm. and things like that to play with. So all you had was your imagination and the outdoors were pen and paper. And I chose to go the route of pen and paper and would write stories for my grandmother and leave them on her desk. But as life goes on and high school and college come at you with writing technical paper after technical paper after technical paper, I kind of got burned out of writing and took a break from it yeah. until I moved back in with my grandmother um, in 2019 while we were waiting on our house to be built. And she asked me one day, she says, are you still writing? And I told her, I was like, no. <laughs> um, I explained to her, I was like, you know, I just I've been so stuck on writing for work and for college and for high school it just kind of burnt me out she asked me to write her a story one day so that's where the idea for not alone my first novella came from um it was inspired by her asking me to write a story and from there i kind of got that revitalized love for writing and started writing again and the words just flow naturally again, and it feels so good. It's one of my biggest releases. You know, some people are like, oh, what What are your hobbies? And I'm like, my hobbies are what I do for my job, you know, mm. writing and blogging and podcasting. That's my hobbies. I don't even consider those jobs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If you get into that space of having hobbies that make money, mm -hmm. as long as you don't burn yourself out, I think, well, again, that's another dream scenario. I mean, what else can you ask for? I, I think writing a book uh, as a like a project for me, this is obviously personal to a lot of people, it's just one of those things. If I can achieve that once, I don't care if it sells one copy. If it's just published or it's like out there in, in a shop somewhere where people could buy it, 
I think that's like writing an album as well. Like, I love to write an album like musically. Like those things mm-hmm. are just like if you just get them done and you can do it, and it's like truly what you want to do. They're just great achievements, I think. So that's why I've got this book in my mind because I've got I've got a few ideas for next year. Um, but I appreciate that it takes a lot of time um, because writing a book is is quite lengthy. You've got to write the stuff. You've got to pre do every day, and all the stuff that comes afterwards. So yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, congrats on yes. Get back into writing. That, that's an amazing achievements. Thank you. Yeah, I I'm so so thankful to my grandma for you know really inspiring me to get back into it because it has been such a huge turning point in my life. You know, being able to write again. Mm has been so good for my mental health yeah i did journal this year actually on my traveling um which is the first time i've done it I, even though i wasn't great at keeping up with it because it is i was trying to do it every day um i i've done okay yeah it's been good it's been nice to note down and, and then talk about it on the podcast it's quite cool i think the book might come out of that or something you know so there you go nice so you are full-time rvers uh what made you decide to go the rv route and maybe not you know in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you can quit your corporate job or whatever and do your own thing. But why then make the leap to go in on an RV instead of just buying or keeping in your mortgage in your house? Like, where was the thinking there? So we, uh, like I said, we had been in Leland, North Carolina for our, my entire life. And what we had realized was that we were staying for people who did not have our best interest in mind. Mm. And um, once we realized that, we decided that it was best for us to do what was best for us. And that was to travel full time. You know, we had loved traveling for so much um, of our relationship that we wanted to continue to do that, but do it at a bigger scale. It actually, I had been thinking about it for a few months. We bought an RV because we did love traveling so much. And we decided we would save money on airfare and Mm -hmm. airbnbs and hotels and all that good stuff and use that as our travel source and about two or three months after we had bought it i i just kind of it had been on my mind that i wanted to move into this thing full time and it sounded crazy and i was like ah this is just a pop pipe dream and then we had some situation happen uh some personal situations and me and my wife talked about it and i was like look hear me out let's move into the rv full-time she said no you're crazy we're not doing that we have a house and i said no 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 hear me out give me give me some time just think about it so she thought about it for about a week and i would talk to her every day and talk to her (laughs) about the cool things that we could do and all the fun stuff that would happen and how it would work logistically and she came around she was like you know what let's do it so we decided to sell our house, you know, cut all ties with our hometown and just be um, people that were on the road full time, that nomads that didn't have a home, you know, yet. And if we find a place someday that we love being so much that we want to settle down at, then maybe we will. But for now, it's all about that travel life. So did you fully disconnect from the, the house? Did you rent it out or sell it and then literally move everything? or get rid of stuff, then move stuff into your RV? Is that how it works? Yeah, so we um, we decided to sell our house. Let's see, I think it was um, February or March of 2023. We decided okay. to sell our house, yeah. put yeah. it on the market. Um, it was sold within a week of, us, mm-hmm. of it being on the market. We sold most of our stuff, moved some of it into storage, um, moved 
the some of it into the RV and went our separate ways and left the house, left the land. Um, you know, it was it was hard to do because the land we were right behind my mom's house. So we Mm. could, you know, easily walk to my mom's house and my grandma's house. And so it was a little difficult to leave them behind, but that was part of our reason for staying in Lake Waccamaw um, for at least the first six months of our um, RV life was to let them kind of adjust to us being gone and away for a little bit longer before we head out across our first official trip. Wow. And how was the transition it was uh it was pretty tough at first because yeah. it is a smaller place. Um, mm. We had to get used to some things um, like the bathroom and the shower. That has been our biggest adjustment, and <laughs> just figuring out where things go and what things we need versus what things we don't need. Um, it's definitely a smaller lifestyle, a minimalist lifestyle, because we did have a nice three bedroom, two bath house on yeah. an acre of land. So we had a lot of space and we've got two. Do- well, we had two dogs and now we've got three. We actually just got a third dog yesterday. Um, so wow. we have. <laughs> yeah, it was our uh, brother in law, my late brother in law's dog. Um, his um, owners had some issues and they couldn't keep him anymore. So we offered to take him in. But, you know, it was one of those things where we were like, he's an older dog. He's a 10 year old American bully. And we were like, let's bring him across the United States with us for his last hoorah. <laughs> wow. And what are some lessons do you think? I know you mentioned some there with the bathroom. Like, Is there like even some stuff that you own that you just got rid of because you don't need it? Is there things you actually purchased because you th- actually needed them for your RV? Like, has there been those sort of experiences with like just living in the RV? Oh, yeah, we've we've definitely, you know, even to this day, we're still getting rid of stuff from our storage unit, selling mm. stuff and, um, you know, just giving it away to friends and family who need stuff because we, we've decided we're going to give this at least a year, um, you know, travel across the United States. And if we hate yeah. it, then we'll figure something out. But mm. if we love it, then we're in good position. But we just figured go for it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been it's been a fun journey. Um, that is for sure. <laughs> um, I think some of the biggest lessons, uh, some of the biggest things we've had to get are things that for uh, like essentials for RVs, uh, like the sewer hose. And, um, yeah. you know, we use uh, poopery for our uh, um, our toilet because it yeah. is such a small space. So you've got to keep it, you know, you got to <laughs> keep that smell confined. And um we also uh, water pressure regulators are huge and surge protectors. Right. So we've I mean, we've had to definitely invest into getting what we needed to get set up for the RV. But it's, um you know, that that is another thing. Like you've got to account for, like I said, what you need for mm. the RV versus what you want for the RV. <laughs> yes. Key. Key. Absolutely. I think we even learned that on our little trip, even though our, it's not really an RV, it's a, like a little mini converted camper van to Toyota Sienna. It's just like a people carrier. Nice. Um got it out the back of a bed. It's got no room. But yeah, you do learn in the summer actually is quite an interesting one. Cause I thought, yeah, we we're getting hot in this in this van. It's not a modern van, yeah. it's an old one. Uh, even those sort of things. Uh, I've got like some quick fire sort of RV questions really. What's okay. the size what's the size of your rig that you're living in? 31 foot. And do you have a car attached to it so you can drive off and do other stuff? Yes, we do. We have a uh, Jeep Rubicon. Okay. And how do you know where you're going to stay in terms of the campsites? 
So we use a app called RV Life, and yep. it allows us to track our trip across the United States. So we um, go through, look at, you know, we know what states we want to go to, how long we want to stay there. So we look at the campgrounds, um, look at the attractions around there, and then plot it, call the campgrounds, book our spots, and you know, RV Life makes it so easy. Yeah, I find it you just literally go on the app, you pay your your fee for how long you want to stay, and that's it. You just turn up. It doesn't mm-hmm. get any simpler than that. Uh, I also found US not too bad for like state parks are quite well priced. Uh, yes. Privates can be expensive, but yeah, what's the average cost do you think a week that you spend on camp fees? Probably between two and three hundred dollars. Yeah, it's probably the same as us. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever boondock? Do you ever do like a free couple of nights, or is that maybe on your trip you might think about doing that? Yeah, so that's actually in our plans. Um, we have uh, a solar panel on our RV. Ah. We had that installed when we first bought the RV so that yeah. we could do some boondocking yeah. and, um, you know, hang out at state parks and stay in the free spots and just mm-hmm. use our um, solar solar energy to power the RV instead of a generator because generators can be loud and noisy. So, yeah, um, we have a generator as a backup just in case, but, you know, we the solar panels work great so far so yeah i find that even at rest stops with the truck drivers they have their generators on it's quite loud um, yes not ideal when they've got like 10 of them doing it as well also what about um internet obviously you would need that for your work you got starlink or how would you uh, sort that out yeah so we've got uh four sources of wi-fi we, we've got <laughs> um starlink we've yeah. got at&t an at&t hotspot and then my wife has T-Mobile or U.S. Cellular, and I have um, Verizon Wireless. And both of our phones have a hotspot on it. Yeah. Plus, most of your campgrounds have Wi-Fi for backup. Sweet. It's not normally the greatest, but the campground that we're staying at now actually has really good Wi-Fi. And mm. um, we're covered by trees, so our Starlink doesn't work here. So we have to rely oh. on our hotspots and the campground Wi-Fi. Um, but it's gotten us through. I mean, here I am doing a podcast and working out fine. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, no worries. Like the the campsite behind me is in Harris Beach, Oregon. Nice, uh, covered in absolute trees everywhere. Yes. Um, so I, I do wonder how people get their internet because it's just something that people don't know much about. Like Starlink, I just thought Starlink works everywhere. I didn't realize that trees yeah. would be a, a bit of a hindrance to that. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it was it was tough at first because we were like, oh, no. And it, luckily, you know, you can pause your Starlink service so you don't have to pay okay. monthly if, if you're not using it. So we've got it paused. We've had it paused for about three or four months. Yeah. Um, and but, you know, luckily it's there are so many different options for Wi-Fi out there nowadays. And, you know, the best thing I, I was talking to somebody the other day who was um, it was actually a contract interview. And um, they asked me, they were like, you know, how how can I be so sure about your Wi-Fi, you know, your Wi-Fi situation with you traveling full time? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me ask you this. I was like, how many sources of Wi-Fi do you have? And, you know, working remotely. And he yeah. said one. I said, well, I've got five. <laughs> yeah, you've got all bases covered. <laughs> yeah. You know, I anybody can have Wi-Fi issues working remotely or in yeah. an office. You can yeah. have Internet Absolutely. issues. And I, you know, I feel like I'm better equipped for that than most people because I do live this remote lifestyle. So I have to be prepared for whatever comes my way. Yeah, you're right. Because I think these companies that are setting up now, these like um, remote working experiences type companies where they take 
probably 10 of like people like us and they put you together in this location and give you a space to work but also do experiences and uh, food tours and that sort of stuff I think the reason they pop up is because the internet is such a key component um I think I, I'd imagine back in the early days people just turned up to like any hotel or hostel or whatever internationally and thought oh it's work from here then realize that the internet is shit so like ah oh, yeah like companies like oh we need to make sure we've got top-notch level internet to make yes. sure people can actually work I think that's the only that's the only issue if you get that sorted you can go anywhere yeah yeah, yeah. any funny stories from your RV lifestyle so far anything maybe that kind of surprised you or made you laugh so we um had an incident where um we were cleaning out our black tank and which for those of you who are not familiar with what a black tank is that is where the waste from the toilet goes and um we forgot to open the black tank so we had the hose hooked up and we were washing it out well you know if it has nowhere to go it's going to go straight up back into the toilet so <laughs> i was outside you know i had the hose turned on i'm sitting there waiting for you know because we've got a clear cap that goes on the sewer fitting so i can see whenever the water gets clear so i know it's yeah. good and clean and next thing i know my wife's yelling tyler stop and i'm like oh my god what is going on so i turn the water off and run inside and she's like are you running the water out there and i'm like yeah she's like did you open the tank and i'm like oh no and i open the bathroom door and toilet <laughs> water up to the top luckily it, it didn't flow over it got to the very tippy top of the toilet and so i was like oh man so i went outside opened the tank and slowly let that water out of the toilet so that was one mistake that i have not made since then yeah lesson learned yes fair enough i think my equivalent to that this year is that we tried to wild camp in oman which is the middle east and the they don't have any facilities, but you can wild camp. It's, it's not illegal to wild camp or boondock if you like. So you can literally stay anywhere, just take your car or your camper van or your Jeep, pitch a tent and it's fine, but there's no facilities. So if you've got a Jeep and a tent above you and you've got no way to have a toilet, it is literally as rustic as you've got to go and dig yourself a hole, probably in the forest or by the beach, bit of sand and just kind of squat. It's just the most <laughs> earthy thing. I think I've done because you're just not used to it. And it's like, yeah. what other choice have you got? And sometimes it's like 30 degrees and you're sweating. It's just not the most ideal uh, situation. But yeah, that's kind of not similar, but like along the same lines of you just got to right. see your own poo and, and deal with it. And yeah, there's something you have to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to adjust. <laughs> okay. We're going to get to adventure with coffee soon. But first, I want to know have you traveled internationally? This is a patron shout out to Laura from the Swamp Soup Stickers, who has contributed £5 to the podcast on my Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it. And it helps the podcast to keep going in the future. If you're interested, head to the show notes where you'll find a link to my Patreon. The website address is patreon.com forward slash Wigan Air Travel Podcast. For five English pounds, you will receive some trendy stickers from myself in the post a shout out on each episode and also my digital travel planner by email. Thank you for your support. We have not yet. Um, that is actually on our to-do list for mm. our 10 year anniversary, um, oh. 10 year wedding anniversary. We're going to yeah. travel across the, um, 
across to the United Kingdom and Poland, uh, where my family is originally from, mm-hmm. Ireland, where her family is originally from, um, maybe some Asian countries. Um, but yeah, we're going to spend a couple months across seas for our 10 year anniversaries. Oh, that's great. Are you going to RV any of it in like special Europe? Um, we haven't decided yet. Uh, mm-hmm. It all depends on, you know, what life looks like at that point. Yeah. Um, we'll probably, we'll probably, probably RV it for a little bit, mm. um, at least across Europe. And then maybe, you know, we'll see, we'll see what it goes like. Yeah. It's pretty well connected. I mean, if you start in the UK, you get the ferry across the island. So yeah, it's pretty easy to do. And you can drive under the tunnel to France and then you're in, in Europe, pretty much mainland Europe. So I think as long as yeah. for you, it'd be great because they drive on the same side of the road as you. Uh, yeah, it'd be pretty seamless. It'd be pretty cool to go and see Europe that way. Actually, we kind of yeah think about that. That'd be a pretty amazing trip. Um, it just gets a bit cold, obviously, in the winter. But uh, yeah, if you do that in in the summer, or whatever, that'd be great. Sounds quite a, quite yeah. an amazing trip. Poland, oh, I love Poland. I've been for years. But whereabouts do you know? Whereabouts your family are from in Poland? Um, Warsaw. Oh yeah, the capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're from. That's where they our family lineage is back from. Um, Warsaw, but they. Uh, I think we have some some lines that go back to krakow yeah great city yeah yes krakow is like the just middle of europe and it's yes the outdoor culture so like that classic european square everyone's having a nice time outside some beers or some coffee whatever you got to do yeah it's a great vibe there really like it that sounds great well well that's a great trip coming up that's awesome be keen to follow for that um let's go to adventure with coffee you must love coffee so is any favorite coffee that gig you any favorite coffee from a country or any brand that you like tasting coffee or yeah i love uh it's called fresh roasted coffee llc okay. um they are uh they have so many different flavors um pumpkin spice is a huge one that my wife loves but they also have like a blueberry crisp a wow. white russian creme brulee mm. tiramisu um <laughs> pecan pie i mean there are so many different flavors that they have it is just amazing um they are probably probably the best tasting coffee i've had i would say mm. where, where are they predominantly based uh, i believe they're in the united states but i think they ship worldwide okay i have to check those guys out yeah yeah okay awesome and do you have any favorite areas of the u.s that you love going for coffee or or a city maybe that you just love drinking coffee for a day raleigh north carolina has some really good small craft coffee shops um yeah. we we've explored raleigh a few times and one of our favorite things to do in raleigh is to hit a brewery and then go to a um coffee shop we've also come across some breweries uh in west virginia and myrtle beach south carolina that are both craft breweries and craft coffee shops all in one. So wow. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Dream scenario. God, exactly. Wow. Do, do me a sandwich and I'm not, I'm not moving all day, I don't think. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And do you have on your trip coming up any spots around, you know, going west that you'd like, oh, we've got to stop there for a coffee. Any, anything in the pipeline? Um, I think I definitely, you know, of course we'll be in Colorado for a month. So, um, I want to try some good Colorado coffee, Mm. uh, local coffee shops. Um, I've got, like I said, friends who live in Colorado and they talk all the time about some of these coffee shops that are local to them and 
they're in uh, Colorado Springs, but they go to Denver a lot too. So yeah. um, really excited for that. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm a big craft beer guy. I love craft coffee too, but my wife is the coffee aficionado. Okay. Um, you know, she is on. huge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the beer guy. Uh, but I, I still, I'm getting more into coffee, um, especially, you know, now that, that I've found fresh roasted coffee and I've found yeah. all these different flavors and I've been able to try different things, um, really getting into it and trying to learn the flavor profiles and the, the science behind making coffee and grinding coffee and things like that. Yeah. It's a real science. I think I spent yeah. years as even learning about it. And then even trying to roast your own coffee is like a different level, like trying to figure out yes. the temperature level, trying to get your medium roast. It's a, it's a real skill, I think, um, which people maybe don't appreciate because they go to Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> Craft beer, though, we always, in Portland, we, we do check a few out because it's quite close to here. Well, here, I'm in UK, but I live in Vancouver, but that's quite close to Vancouver, like hour flight, and Portland's got great craft beer companies mm. in the middle of the sort of downtown area you can go like block to block and go different ones it's pretty cool yeah i'm excited to uh portland is on our 2025 plans oh yeah um yeah so i'm really excited to go over to portland awesome okay and tell the listeners adventure with coffee what do you blog about and what is the idea behind the, the brand yeah so adventure with coffee we blog about traveling um rv tips and tricks uh different destinations uh, food places, craft beer reviews, uh, craft coffee reviews, food reviews. We do all kinds of travel related blogs. Um, but we right now we're mainly doing like RV tips and tricks and the science behind craft beer and craft coffee, things like that. Um, once we start traveling more in 2024, we're going to be doing our uh, campsite reviews and uh-huh. um uh brewery reviews coffee shop reviews all this kind of stuff you know letting people because we wanted to connect with our family and friends who wanted to follow our journey but also give mm-hmm. other people a chance to you know kind of experience the wanderlust of traveling full-time and see these different places across the united states without actually having to leave their own house and so that way they can say oh okay well adventure with coffee tyler and gracie said that this place and this state was really good. So whenever I go there, I'm going to try out their pizza or their beer or their coffee, whatever it may be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'd say my day with the, mine's called the Trendy Coffee Podcast because I think trendy is very personal. Like what, what you might think is trendy is maybe, maybe not what I think is trendy or it could be the same. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, well, if, if I go to one place around the world and it's a five minute video about a coffee shop that does great coffee, looks great. And if you happen to travel there, you know, oh yeah, James said, oh, but this this place is good for coffee, right? It's exactly the same idea. I think that there's space for this market because there's so many coffee shops, but the yes. US is absolutely heaving with them in any part of the country. Like I love the New England area because it's got so many coffee shops up there. Oh yes. Northern California has got their own coffee shops going on. Like there's so many different areas you could concentrate on. So yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. Do you think you will venture out to like loads more states to kind of, search out for those like unique craft beer or craft co- uh, coffee companies you think just trying to maybe get more recommendations out there yeah we're gonna try to hit all 50 states by the time mm. we hit 50 um you know hopefully really we're probably gonna hit all 50 states within the next five years if we keep on the path yeah. that we're planning 
Um, but yeah, so we're, we're really going to keep on trying to hit all these different states and cities and, um, just really get down to the nitty gritty. Once we hit all 50 states, if we're still loving traveling, we'll probably still we'll go through and hit different cities that we haven't been to, different parts of yeah. the state, so that we can you know try different cultures and different styles of food and coffee and craft beer and just really experience the melting pot. Yeah, you could go really granular, right? You can do the state and then the counties. Then the cities and then even the areas in the cities like, that'd be really cool that's awesome and grace helps you run the blog yes she um she does all the proofreading for me um she takes most of the pictures um i do most of the writing but you know it's a team effort for sure we we, we are in this together okay and you mentioned your 2024 adventure in february have you got any more afterwards or is it to see how it goes with denver and colorado and stuff and then kind of work out what's next or do you know where you're going after that yeah we've actually um got our whole 2024 and 2025 uh planned out oh, wow. already yeah yeah so we've got about half of the 2024 trip booked um we don't have uh any of 2025 booked yet but most mm -hmm. campgrounds aren't booking out that far yet yeah um so for 2024 like i said we're gonna start off in um Mississippi, and then we're going to make our way to uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri, uh, Illinois, Michigan, uh, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, and back to North Carolina. Wow. So about, what, 20 states-ish? Uh, close. Trip. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Any potential to go into canada to step over the border um that's probably going to be our 2026 trip is okay. we're probably going to yeah. spend most of 2026 traveling canada yeah it's a good coffee spots in uh, in eastern canada that's great and then 2025 what are you thinking uh off the top of your head let's see we're going to start in um florida we're going to go to yeah. walt disney world and yeah. then uh we're going to travel to alabama louisiana Texas for a month, New Mexico, nice. Arizona, um, Nevada, California for a month, um, back to Nevada, Oregon, Washington, um, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, Montana, um, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, back through Iowa, uh, Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then back to North Carolina. <laughs> what a trip that is it's weird because i because we don't know our road trip this year i now know where these states are so before yeah. before even going to us if i'm honest in the camper van i could tell you some obvious states in california yeah, yeah i get it but now because i've been through like south dakota and it's like oh yeah wyoming's there and you've got yellowstone there i saw <laughs> that when you're saying that i'm like oh yeah you're going there up there down here like it's that's pretty yep. cool that trip of going along the south that was part of our trip this year but we just didn't have time to do it the um sort of like along the texas and then you sort mm -hmm. of go New Mexico and down the south, southern part of California, work way up, um, or you go eastern to Nevada. But that is an amazing trip, I think. That's that's so exciting, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we're so excited. There's nothing better just get on the road and seeing those places. And yeah. you're not you're not bound by time. It's on your own time. Uh, I'd imagine like you can be a bit more flexible with it, which is again yeah. the dream, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's the thing. That was 
our whole goal is for, you know, right now my wife does, um, she works a full-time job as a college admissions counselor. And our goal is for both of us to be able to just run the blog full-time and run our company full-time, Chi with Coffee Media and the Witkowski Company, and just enjoy our lives, be able to work at our own pace, our own schedule, um, and, you know, just be able to go out, have a beer for work, you know, go out, have a beer, write a blog review, and that's our work for the day. Back to the time thing. When you realize how much time put into a full time job, you can't do any of that. What you just said, really. Yeah. You might you might touch one or two states if you can get out in your vacation time, but you just realize how much time is yeah. uh, on your career or your job if you're really into travel. It's a tough one. Absolutely. Fair play for you to figure it out because I think a lot of people listening and going, okay, well, Tyler can do it. Uh, let's you know think about my own situation and what plans can put in place. You also very openly talk about the mental health aspect of maybe this maybe comes from your previous life, I guess, previous life, if you like, in your job, but also now to this new life of RVing, maybe as part of the journey. Why do you think you want to maybe put it out there? Is it to help other people, do you think? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, my I I was diagnosed uh, bipolar back in 20, let's see, 2015, I believe it mm-hmm. was. And um it was, it really felt like a life-changing diagnosis um, because I was like, everybody's going to look at me differently if I start telling people. And I was so ashamed because it was, it's so stigmatized still. Mm. Um, And whenever I first wrote my novella, Not Alone, it was all about my experiences with mental illness. And I never expected to publish it because it was just supposed to be from my grandmother. Yeah. And I started showing it to friends and family and everybody was like, you need to publish this. It's such a powerful story. And I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, this, this is a scary thing because if I publish this story, I'm putting myself out there um, and, you know, making myself very vulnerable to a lot of people. And what I realized though, was so many people were reaching out to me saying how much the story meant to them, how much they connected with it, how much it made them not feel alone. And that, was the most inspiring and powerful thing to me once i got that you know once i realized that i was like okay this is it this is this is what i want to do i want to be passionate and talk about my mental health i want to be open about my mental illness and help other people realize that even though they are mentally ill they can still be successful they can overcome those challenges those those obstacles those hurdles to become an entrepreneur, an award-winning marketing communications professional, a published author, whatever you want to be, you can do it despite what your mental illness tells you you're capable of. Yeah, I think people really need this sort of stuff right now Um, because I think maybe our generations are starting to realize that the old generation who would, you know, work 40, 50 years in their careers and stuff and put up with it, I don't think it's enough for anyone anymore. I think people Mm -hmm. see life as a bit more than that and it's just not going to wash that you can just do 40 hours a week, probably more, and live a life because how can you? Um, yeah. But maybe that affects or affects their mental health and maybe it's just a bit of daunting aspect to try and figure that out. And because it's, there's so many responsibilities, isn't there? If you've got kids or you've got a mortgage or you've got car payments or whatever, like there's so much to think about and it's quite a daunting prospect. But I think they need people like you to talk about it and maybe even like, give some guidance somewhere. Do you think going on this trip will also help you even further with your mental health like this whole new journey of RVing and different lifestyle and maybe seeing different cultures within within the states and also international oh yeah and that was a big part of the reason that I wanted to jump into the whole traveling full-time thing 
Um, I wanted to be able to, because traveling is so good for my mental illness. I touched on this earlier. Mm. Um, you know, being able to escape reality sometimes is such a good feeling. And it's so good for my mental health to be able to wake up in a new location, you know, whenever I want. I want to wake up in the mountains or I want to wake up mm. on the beach or on a pond or in the woods. Wherever I want to wake up, I have the capability of waking up and looking out on this beautiful world that we live in. And that's kind of the purpose of travel, right? I think just to really yeah, seek absolutely. out those new things, you know, like there could be nature, it could be people, it could be an experience, right? And just kind of get those mm -hmm. under, under the belt. Uh, I think you made a point earlier that, you know, about you know, if, if you die tomorrow, for example, <laughs> a bit morbid here, are you happy with what you've done? <laughs> and I, I think I said this in the podcast the other day, I think if it happened tomorrow and I sort of later and assess what I've done the last, especially 10 years of travel, like, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've traveled a lot. Like, I've done a lot. Yeah. You can always do more. Don't get me wrong. But that comes down to reality and, and money, I suppose. Um, right. But if, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I haven't done my dream, that could be writing a book, it could be traveling, it could be anything. I think people need to think about, about that a bit more seriously because, yeah, these are big topics to, to think about, aren't they? Yeah, very yeah. much so. Very deep topics. But let's back to travel. How would you define home, do you think, now? Home is, um, it's going to sound very cliche, but home yeah. is where the heart is. Um, you know, home to me is with my wife and my dogs. It's not about a physical mm. location. It's about a feeling, um, you know, just feeling at ease, feeling at peace. I can be in the car with my dogs and my wife and be at home. I could be at a brewery with my wife and dogs and be at home. Um, mm -hmm. You know, to me, it's a feeling. It's not a physical place. Yeah, I think a lot of people said that, actually. I do ask that quite a bit. Yeah, people might get confused at that argument, but I've heard it so many times now, this last year or so. Um, it's about who you're with, not really what you're in. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if, if you and your dogs travel to oregon tomorrow that's oregon's home today because you're with them right yeah exactly yeah. that's awesome okay can you tell the listeners about your novels i'm keen to hear uh you've released a, a few right can you tell them what the names are and what they roughly you know high level uh sort of talk about yeah so my first novella was not alone uh, i've mentioned that a couple times it's about my ment my journey with mental illness i actually rewrote that and re-released it this year as a full-length novel so it is um, now not alone the second edition. Mm -hmm. um, a lot more detail that goes into it. You explore a lot more of the aspects of mental illness in this re-release version. My uh, second published work was Coffee, Alcohol, and Heartbreak, a poetry collection. I actually wrote those poems from 2012 to 2016. So mm -hmm. from before my diagnosis of mental illness to right after I met my wife and kind of came to the conclusion of my um that chapter of my mental illness and then there is the seeds of love sunflower kisses book one which um was my debut romance novel and it is about a mentally ill young man who falls in love uh with this girl who lives in a uh four hours away so they come into a long distance relationship and mm -hmm. it goes through um, the struggles that he faces with his mental illness and being in a relationship, it is told from the male's point of view. So it's like a kind of a refreshing look on a love novel or a mm. love story. Um, and then let's see, my most recent one was Enamored Echoes Book One Potent. It is a modern day retelling of A Midsummer Night's Dream by uh, William Shakespeare. It features Oberon and Titania in modern times as they... Um, 
have been apart for a couple hundred years and now come back together to save the world. I co-wrote that with my best friend and um, vice president of marketing at Tea with Coffee Media, Kelsey Ann Lovelady. Mm-hmm. I've got a, another book releasing in March of 2024 called The Principal's Principles. It is about the first female principal in a rural county in the um, southern United States. And it is based off of my grandmother, who was the first female principal in um, our county. And so she she's always wanted to write a story. And this was my way of writing a book for her. Um, it's, you know, it's completely made up story. But the woman is based on uh, the main character is based on my grandmother. And she's just a strong um, lead female lead character who, you know, just really inspires people. Um, and then I am also currently working on Love and Growth, Sunflower Kisses Book Two. Hopefully that will be coming out in late 2024. Oh, wow. So a lot of projects coming up then. Some books. Yes. That's great. Do you have like a particular way of writing? Is it um, quite structured or is it like see how you feel the day of, of doing it? I know this is a, a very niche question for a lot of people because everyone's different. But how do you write your books? Yeah, I'm a big plotter. Um, so I like to create spreadsheets and diagrams and things like that that break down um, the characters, their relationships, what color their hair is, what color their eyes are, um, skin color, height, weight, all that good stuff. You know, if they've <laughs> got a pet, what kind of vehicle they drive, you know, I really dive down into what makes the character and who they are, um, plotting them out for my series. Um my actually the whenever I first wrote Not Alone as a novella, it was completely pantsed. I had no idea what I was doing. Just went in and started writing. Didn't have any structure at all. Um, but realized that that was not the way to write for me because I'm a very mm. organized person. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Do you think you write nonfiction books for your travels? Do you think is that, is that in your mind at the back? I've thought about it. I've thought about writing nonfiction. Um, yeah. I haven't quite decided, you know, what it would be about yet. And but travel is always a good option. You know, once mm. I'm I'm thinking maybe once we finish our um, journey across the United States, maybe a book about that journey. Yeah. Um, talking about some of the stories and the people that we've met and just the experiences that we had and the lessons we learned. Mm. Yeah. Very keen to see if you if you do that because that's basically the base of my book. It's just. Mm basically the last 10 years of travel <laughs> very different types of travel from 10 years ago when I was a bit younger <laughs> to this yeah. year so I think it's a bit of a journey and a decade's quite a nice time frame is it like a decade of travel and yeah it's got some ideas I've got the stories down from 10 years ago in case I forgot them so they're on e-paper somewhere but we'll see can you tell us about the YouTube that you do uh, cook the books podcast yeah cook the books podcast is a podcast hosted by me and my friend Kelsey and Lovelady who I co-wrote potent with um we talk about the latest trends in the publishing and writing industry. Um, we host uh, guests from our company and other partners and other independent publishing companies um, and just get on there to talk about different things such as um, we just did an article or just did an episode on mental health on and off the page. Mm -hmm. um, we've done one on editing and um, our next episode that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, is called um, is about the Alphabet Mafia, the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, we've okay. got a couple of um, a couple of LGBTQIA plus um, authors on our um, 
in our team and they're going to be joining us on the podcast to talk about what it's like writing that genre um mm. what we can do as a society to better equip writers to write that how to avoid those stereotypes um so you know we 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 do cover quite a bit about mm. writing um but yeah we we love doing it because it was just our way to give back um to the writing community and i've always loved podcasting i've done several different podcasts throughout my career um, including the Back Porch Parlay podcast, which was uh, my lifelong friend Matt and I uh, did together for a couple of years during COVID. And what we did was we got together and we just debated and showed people that you could have conversations without yelling and screaming at each other. Yeah. Um, because my friend Matt and I, we've been, like I said, we've been friends for about 10, 15 years now. And we've got different opinions on a lot of things. And we like to get together and show that you can um, have conversations without with people without getting angry and still be friends at the end of it. So I just love podcasting because it's a way to connect with people and, and give people information and show people new new points of view. Yeah, I think those podcasts are starting to come back. So I think people are fed up with polarized arguments, whether that's mm-hmm. politics or war or whatever. Um, I think people say, oh, where the where the podcast where people just sit normally <laughs> with a coffee yeah. probably and like you know, there's no shouting and there's no judgment about you know just talk about what you think is the best way to tackle that subject. Um, I I definitely seek out those type of podcasts because I find it annoying that there's so much polarization at the minute. Um, yes, just kind of destroying a lot of people and they get so so yeah. into it. Yeah, it's a bit of an annoying one. Yeah, great that you do podcasts as well. Uh, I think you have a good podcast voice, so I think you should definitely do that. Um, Thank you. Also, I think in-person podcasts, you know, I'd rather be doing this in person. I think it's a better sort of like, yeah, ambience to it. I think you get the yeah. camera out, you have a coffee, it's a bit more personal. I think it's definitely something I'm going to look into next year. I think it's a better way to go uh, long-term, uh, maybe for this podcast, but we'll see. Travel podcast is hard, right? Because a lot of people I talk to about traveling are probably somewhere in the world. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard to do a travel podcast and you think <laughs> uh, are, are all the travelers here in vancouver no they're not okay fair enough well van is the in-person idea um but maybe i'll try and find a few for this podcast next year there you go yeah there maybe you go. we'll have to meet up next year yeah yeah always down for going into the us uh we had an interesting time on our road trip <laughs> there you go loved it and how do you keep all these creative projects in in order you've got so much going on like what's your not say secret but what's your thought process there um i wish i knew um <laughs> I, I no i just i try to i'm very organized i have um calendars and task lists um sticky notes on my computer my phone mm. um you know my google my gmail um yeah i i use a lot of calendars and i rely on my wife a lot she also I will send her invites for all of the important things, um, mm. calendar invites, so that she has it on her calendar so that the chances of both of us forgetting it are <laughs> a lot less than yeah. one of us forgetting it than me forgetting yeah. it. So, um, you know, always like to have a, a double, triple check. Awesome. And where can people find you if they want to get involved in any of the projects, whether it's a venture coffee or the Watofsky company, um, or tea or yeah. coffee, like where can people find you? The best way to um, find me is by looking up my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash Tyler Witkowski, or just going to my website, tylerwitkowski.com. Um, 
it you'll find links to my podcast all of my companies all of my blogs um uh anything that you're looking for on me is on one of those two links awesome i'll put them in show notes so people can just click those uh for ease if you like okay i'm going to finish the episode with some quick fire travel questions these are some of the things you've seen on your travels that you love um or even coming in the future maybe in your mind you think ah oh, that'd be good so i'm going to kick off with it's travel question time three favorite states that you've traveled to oh okay so i loved west virginia mm -hmm. um love tennessee and massachusetts was surprisingly one of my favorites oh yeah we like that that's nice yeah yeah i guess boston is a bit of a cliche place but uh yeah yeah I, i'm a, a big boston let's have a part I'm a big Boston Red Sox fan, so that that's part uh, of the reason I got to I got to go to Fenway Park, and uh, that was that was beautiful. Are you a Boston Celtics fan for basketball? Uh, I'm not a big basketball fan. Um, never really. My grandmother was, which is surprising because my grandmother, who's been such a big influence in my life, yeah. is a basketball player and a basketball ah. coach, and yeah. I just could never get into it. I'm football, <laughs> baseball, soccer, um, but not basketball. Not really basketball. No, wow. that's my one American sport I love. Oh, wow. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've seen the, the Giants. Is it in San Fran? Baseball, yeah, San Fran. Yeah, I've been there. I think I saw Bryce Harper, left-hander. Mm. He chucked it over the the ground. I'm not a baseball connoisseur. <laughs> but it was a, it's interesting to go to. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of um, baseball. There's a lot of stats. Real, like, yes. deep down stats about every single thing analytics. in baseball. Yeah, high. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about three you might have said this already but three countries that you've not traveled to that you would love to go to next if tomorrow there's you know there's no requirements of money you can go anywhere in the world what three countries are you going to go to ireland poland canada okay canada's in there nice yes i've always wanted to go i'm so close to it and i've yeah. never been and i've always wanted to go and i just and i've got so many friends and so many authors who are signed with tea with coffee media who are canadian that yeah. I just want to go and see all of them. I'm like, I need to get over there. You're so close. I can drive to you. It's not like I have to get on a boat or fly. And it's like same, same. It's not. Like, it's quite an easy transition. Uh, yeah. Like maybe going from US driving over to Mexico might be a bit more of a, a way, you know, a bit different. Right. Um, okay, that's interesting. What about three favorite international cuisines or foods? Okay, um, pasta. I don't care what kind of pasta. Any yeah. kind of pasta. Yeah. Um, sushi mm -hmm. and ramen ah ramen classic okay what about a favorite beach that you've been to because we're not really big beach people so we don't really mm. go to that many beaches um i think my my favorite beach is probably oak island um which is in north carolina um okay. but that's again one of the few that i've actually been to and it's 15 minutes from where i grew up so Fair. i'm a little partial <laughs> what about a favorite mountain range or a mountain, single mountain, whatever. Blue Ridge uh, Mountains, yeah. Okay, nice. In North Carolina, Tennessee area. Uh, what about a favorite walk, hike, or trek that you've done? Hanging Rock. Ah, okay. Nice. Yes. Uh, what about three states that you've not been to that you can't wait to go to next? Uh, Texas, Colorado, mm -hmm. and... Uh, two in my mind. I don't know which one I want to choose. I'm going to go with Oregon. Oh, Oregon. Yeah, dream. Okay. 
top three favorite activities that you do on your travels? Drink beer, yeah. drink coffee, eat food. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay. If you could pick a country in the world that's not USA and live there for a year, where are you going to plump? Poland, without okay. a doubt. Can you speak Polish? Um, I used to be able to. Mm. I have lost it. I know how to say I love you. Coach uh, <laughs> she. That's okay. uh, I love you. And then I know how to say God, honor, and fatherland. That's Bog, honor, el Genois. Okay. Um, and I don't know if my accent, my southern accent does not mix well with the Polish, so it's probably all kind of butchered. But um, I actually have a couple Polish tattoos. Um, I have one of Wojtek uh, the Bear, which is a World War II um, bear who was adopted by the Polish army and was granted citizenship by the Polish um government so that he could actually be a private he actually gained went up to a corporal in the polish army in world war ii um so i've got a tattoo of him and a tattoo of a uh winged hussar um with the words bogue honor underneath it which means god honor and fatherland you know what polish is such a hard language <laughs> yes yeah that and is it, ridiculous the funny thing is whenever i was learning polish in high school i actually bought a um a first grade uh, Polish textbook from Poland. And uh, in there were how to say the words bar and vodka. <laughs> right. So I thought that was very interesting. I was yeah. like, okay, this is a first grade Polish book, but here we are teaching them how to say vodka. Okay. M maybe it's an easy word. Yeah. Get, get them settled in nicely. Yeah. Who knows? I do love the Polish. It's a great country. Um, yes, okay. they are. Is there any like nations, people that you'd love to meet in your mind? Like you'd love to have a conversation with a certain group of people from a different country. You know, who would you have a conversation with over a beer? You know, I I wouldn't even say it would be a different country. I would say the um, natives of the United States. Um, oh yeah, you yeah. Know, Native Americans. I think they yeah. would. I. I, not that I've never talked to any because I've mm. talked to some, but I've never actually had a chance to sit down and speak to um, like an elder of a um, yeah. of a Native American nation. I think yeah. that would be so cool to be able to just sit down and hear about their history and their traditions. And because they do have such a cool um, outlook on life from the things that I've seen and learned and, and heard. Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty interesting conversation. Me personally, I can't say awkward, but being from the UK, we've got a lot of questions to answer, <laughs> like traditionally, right? With that's Canada and USA, not just USA. Yeah, about yeah, how they, yeah. how those guys have been treated from our ancestors, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a real interesting conversation. I'd like to learn more and know how it's kind of been filtered down the generations, uh, yes. and what and what can we do now to even like help if at all possible. Right. Right. Yeah. To just be better. Yeah, be yeah, be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be fucking better. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Is there any one vision of a landmark nature wise that if you were to just see that for the rest of time and no more, what one landmark or type of landmark would you look at out the window for every day left? A waterfall on the side of a mountain. Mm. Yeah, dreamy. Okay. Yes. My last question is going to be, what words of wisdom would you pass on to someone as why they should travel? And secondly, if they're kind of stuck and they're thinking about it, 
you know, what advice would you give for them to, you know, try and make that leap and go and travel or at least change their lifestyle to incorporate more travel? What would you say? Travel is such a beautiful way to experience other cultures and learn not only more about the world around you, but learn about yourself because you start to see all the different, the ways that people are different. The world is different than what you grew up in, especially if you've been in one spot for your entire life or most of your life. Um, If you're stuck in trying to, you know, trying to find that excuse to travel, here's your excuse. Just do it because life is way too short. Um, my, you know, like I mentioned earlier, my brother-in-law passed in 2020. He was only a year older than me at the time um, in his uh, late twenties and, you know, life can change at any, any second and anything can happen to you. So why not enjoy it to the fullest while you're here? Make sure that you're taking advantage of that. Yeah, I can't agree more. Yeah, thanks for that. It's very key for a lot of people who probably listen who, from all ranges of age, you know, could be youngster, could be uh, someone who's older than us, uh, who have always thought about traveling and just maybe a bit stuck or need a bit of inspiration to get going. So that would definitely help. And thanks for coming on, dude. It's been a real great chat. I've learned a lot about yourself, uh, about your travels and your plans for the future. All exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I am so excited to have been here and uh, look forward to uh, hearing what your audience has to say. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, you know how to find me. Cheers, Tyler. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.